On today's episode, we talk about the Champions League, all of the crazy upsets that happened this past week. We also talk about the FA Cup final for both the men's and the women's side, who we think is going to win that. Sean Dyche being out of Burnley and what a travesty that is, as well as some predictions for the upcoming rivalry matches, including the final third derby between Chelsea and West Ham. Stick around for it. Uh, leave a review if you enjoy the show. Follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. And yeah, enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the Final Third a podcast after a short hiatus. It is Monday. It is the news and predictions episode. As always, I'm AJ Tabura, one of the co-hosts, a fan of Minnesota United, which went well twice this weekend. West Ham United, which went well, very well on Thursday. It was okay today. And the U.S. national teams, which we will not be talking about. Uh, but I am feeling a little bit better. I, I was sick and uh, on not on vacation, uh, out of town the last week. So I've been completely sidelined. Not, not COVID, but a very, very bad cold. You could still probably hear it. So that's why I was, I, we have not really recorded an episode uh, the past couple of weeks, but we are back. We are back with the co-host. That is so great, so great, Jack. Jack, how are you feeling on this pretty rainy Sunday? If I'm being honest, yeah, it's a little rainy, but it's fine. It, it's it's fine. It is Easter. We're recording Yay. this, so happy Easter to whoever celebrates it. Happy Passover as well uh, to those who celebrate that, and happy Ramadan because it. All, all three aligned on this uh, yeah. on this weekend, which is uh, kind of crazy that all of that all of that worked out. But uh, either way, I'm a fan of Minnesota United. Got to go to the game yesterday. Yeah, uh, how's that? It was very good. Uh, we we were feeling a little down after the first second half <laughs> started because we were not creating much and just letting them get chances. And then all of a sudden, we scored two goals in two minutes. And the guy I was with, my friend. He missed both of the goals in live live because he was texting uh, someone back who had texted him saying, we need more uh, offense generated. He missed the first goal. And as he was texting back that friend to say, you made me miss that goal. He missed the second goal. Wow. (laughs) So, uh, but it it, it was a very good time. Uh, Really fun atmosphere. Uh, there, there were a bunch of little kids in front of in front of us that were just like shouting at the referee for every Let's bad go. decision. Yeah, you know, you got to start young. them. Young. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, which was pretty funny. I'm also a fan of Chelsea, which went well today. That, that's good. Uh, yeah. Went half good on Wednesday, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. Yes. Half good. Uh, we won't talk. We will talk about that, yeah. actually. Uh, and uh, I'm also a fan of Atalanta, which we will continue to not talk about after they got robbed. Um, yeah. And uh, a fan of the U.S. and French national teams. There we go. I think I got, I got yeah, through yeah, everything yeah, yeah. eventually. Always got to always got to go through them. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier that we haven't recorded in a while. Uh, Jack and a friend of the show, Jordan, actually did record an episode on Sunday, but I was just, I, I literally got back from the University of Illinois on Sunday and just felt so bad. I went, almost went immediately to sleep because I, I just didn't feel good. So I wasn't actually able to edit the podcast. So we got to have a make good, have Jordan come on just on a, a regular episode sometime soon to, to make it up to him. Uh, but yeah, I should also mention that uh, all, another friend of the show, Gianna, uh, got on my butt for not telling them that I was in Illinois because 
they live in Illinois, and I'll I'll, just, I'll just have them know because I know they're listening. Uh, University of Illinois is very far from Naperville, which I, I, I believe that they're from. So uh, I, I, I'm in the clear. I'll, I'll be honest. And, and and the car ride for people who take that that trip regularly, because I, I know there's a lot of people that, that go to like the University of Minnesota that live in Illinois. That 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 is a one heck of a trip. Seven hours is like straight in a car ride. I know Jack takes uh, road trips even longer than that. Like the human yep. body was not made for that. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, you can the the longest I'd say is like 12, 14 hours. You know, you can do that. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> but yes, uh, and enough about not soccer talk. Let's talk about some soccer. Starting off with probably the biggest story this past week, which ha- has been Champions League. I, I, I think that this past week, has really been a great week for uh, European soccer in terms of Champions, Europa League, and Europe Conference League. Jack's giving me a face. I know why he's giving me a face, because his team wasn't uh, new great. But there's a lot of exciting upsets, one might say. Uh, so let's talk about what happened in the Champions League. We have our semifinalists now. Uh, in the semifinals, it's going to be City versus Real Madrid. That should be a good game. Uh, no, it's not City versus Real Madrid. It's it's City versus Kareem Benzema because he's the only person on that team hey, that hey, that does anything. Hey, he was good. He was good. Uh, <laughs> and we also on the other side of the bracket have Liverpool versus Villarreal. Yes, it is England versus Spain in both of those semifinals. Let's talk about how these teams got here, starting with uh, what Jack probably doesn't want to talk about: uh, Real Madrid versus Chelsea. A, a really well matched uh, match, I should say, in the in the quarterfinals, ended up going the distance all the way to extra time in that second leg. Jack, initial thoughts of Chelsea falling to Real Madrid five to four on aggregate. What, what were you feeling during that time? Because I, I was uh, keeping track of uh, of what you were you were tweeting, what you were saying during that. I, I was in class, uh, I'm going to be honest, while this was happening. So I was kind of uh, tweeting uh, while also doing coding work. So that was Heck yeah. interesting. But uh, Chelsea got robbed. Marcus Alonso's goal should have counted. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I And uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big Kareem Benzema fan, but Mason Mount scored in the 15th minute. Really good strike from him. Uh, Rudiger got up and, and headed in a goal as well as he is so uh, so good at doing. And Timo Werner also scored. And at that point, I was like, you know, if Timo Werner is able to put the Real Madrid defense on skates, I think we've got this. And then all of a sudden, Rodrigo scores a goal, which I, I can't lie. It was a good goal. It was a good assist from Modric. Fine. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, and then Kareem Benzema scored after we went to extra time. And while Chelsea generated some stuff, uh, they couldn't get enough through. And unfortunately, they get knocked out in that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad thinking about it. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it, it was, it was a decent performance on the day. Uh, and if it ended in 90 minutes, uh, it would have been a great result. If this was the first leg, that would have been fantastic. But unfortunately, that's not how it worked out. And. I was really hoping we could keep Kareem Benzema quiet for the most part, but apparently not. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to lie, though. I still think Marcus Alonso's goal should have counted. I, I do think it should have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always tough, but you, you got to 
you got you got to keep the pressure on even after 75 minutes, even after the Timo Werner goal, right? And I, I think that Kareem Benzema, you know, he scored the hat trick in the first leg, got another uh, goal contribution, obviously here. And it, when we're thinking about like what went wrong, because because when I was watching this, I was like, a lot's going right for Chelsea right now, right? Like it, they they were up on aggregate actually right so yep, they were so uh, after that timo Werner goal so i was like okay away goals aren't a thing anymore uh so if as long as real madrid doesn't score one goal or doesn't score two goals and win it win it outright chelsea should be good chelsea might even find another goal uh especially after christian pulsic uh who came on for timo Werner, had some pretty like two at least good chances yeah, in he, there i I, I'm usually not on board with any Chelsea fan hate of Christian Pulisic, but in that game, bad, bad yeah. performance. And, and, and that's what I want to, I'm mean, like alluding to, right? Right. Christian Pulisic, Alfred Timo Werner, I thought was a bad sub. And I, it was and an awful decision. Even in the moment, I, I was like, I love Christian Pulisic. I, I, I think, you know, maybe in different circumstances, he would have played better. But Timo Werner just scored a goal. Timo Werner doesn't do that. Too much, too many times. If you have an informed Timo Werner, I feel like you got to trust him. And even after the Kareem Benzema goal, I, once uh, a Ziyech came in, once uh, I want to say Jorginho came in, I feel like Chelsea's like as a whole attack kind of got neutralized. I felt like the game was kind of just got played out after that. Jack, I, I can I can tell you the moment where it yeah. completely went wrong. It's having to sub out Kovacic. Once right, Kovacic right. comes out, it, it's it's generally not good. Like I was worried today, uh, not to skip ahead too far, but the FA Cup semifinal, he had to get subbed out because of an injury uh, early on in the game. And I was very worried because he is kind of the driving force in the midfield. Uh, and Conte had already been subbed out and Ruben Loftus-Cheek got subbed out. So at that point, you're only forward thinking midfielder because you've got Jorginho and Saul on. They're more defensive oriented midfielders. Your only forward thinking one is Mason Mount. And that's all you've got. And he, he was great in this game. It was it was one of his it was a really good game for him. Uh, I, I don't get any of the, the hatred that some Chelsea fans have been saying. I saw someone put on Twitter saying that Mason Mount has had a terrible season for Chelsea. Incorrect take. Incorrect take. Like you could not have been further from the truth. He has 18 goal contributions in the Premier League alone. He's got 10 goals and eight assists. Last season, we didn't even have someone break double digits for goals. The only person who we, who our top goal scorer was for uh, was Jorginho on seven penalties. Like he has done fantastic this season. And anyone who says otherwise, uh, wrong. Uh, side, that, that aside, once we subbed off those midfielders in, fa- in favor of Jorginho and Saul, Jorginho's great for the beginning of the game. Honestly, he would have been good in like the 80th minute, like subbing him on in the 80th minute to, you know, have that defensive tick in the middle of the midfield. Yeah, that would have been better. But subbing him on for the second half of extra time where you're chasing a goal, wrong decision there. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I think Carlo Ancelotti's subs were very good, which is not something you will say about Carlo Ancelotti very often. Rodrigo obviously got... Uh, the goal to tie it up. Uh, Eduardo Camavinga, who I've always been high on, did a very good job controlling the midfield and kind of killing the g- game off from the 73rd minute onwards. I thought he played very well. 
Uh, but to kind of cap off the discussion about Chelsea, Jack, there's obviously a lot of talk about where this Chelsea team is going to go in the next season. We have Rudiger probably on his way out. You have mm-hmm. a lot of talk on. You gave me that thing. I I I know we'll that there's. We'll talks, see about but that. There's, there's only there's, one that's pretty much out, for sure on his way out. Christensen is yes. pretty much confirmed to be going to Barcelona. But but then we have talks of like. Is is Pulisic maybe uh, on his way out? Uh, are, are some of these other players on his way out? Lukaku is not playing well. Uh, Kovacic, Conte, uh, Jorginho. Like, how is the midfield going to look? What who is it going to be comprised of? Do you see a major shakeup for Chelsea? Because, or, or or is this still going to be like the team look going forward? Do you think it's going to be pretty close to this? I don't think there's honestly. I don't think there's much to change up about it. Okay. Uh, there, there are a few things that I, I, I'll say. One, left back. Ideally, Alonso isn't going to be playing the whole season. Ben Chilwell, remember, got taken out with an injury in October or November. And he has been sorely missed on that left-hand side. Because he had, I think, three goals and like three assists in his Premier League games that he did play. And he didn't play very many. Uh, so he, he was very good. We need him back in the team. Once he's back in the team, we're going to be a lot better off. Uh, it was actually three goals and one assist in six matches in the Premier League. Either way, from a left back, that's that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I I think that that's one that that's one thing that's hopefully going to be better next season. Center back, obviously going to need a replacement there. Uh, although I honestly am inclined to say trust Chalaba because he's been good. Midfield, I think that Jorginho might be on his way out. And Connor Gallagher will be in the team next season. Uh, Connor Gallagher's played pretty well this season. Yeah, I, I, I would be very happy with that. I think Havertz and Werner might still be like, I think Werner, if you had said, asked like two, three months ago, people would have said he's, he's out for sure. But he has had a bit of a resurgence lately. He definitely has. He's been playing a lot better lately. Uh, just, just for context. In his last three games for Chelsea in all competitions, he has three goals and two assists. He got two against Southampton. He got a goal and assist against Real Madrid and an assist against Crystal Palace. He he has been playing very well. He was playing well for Germany in the international break as well. Uh, I, I could see him sticking around still a little bit. Lukaku probably isn't going anywhere either. I think this team is largely going to be the same and... Honestly, I am fine with that because I do think this team is good enough to challenge for things. It's just sometimes injuries really hurt your team. That's true. And the injury to Ben Chilwell and also having Reese James injured for four months uh, from December until March. That was bad as well. So losing that basically ruined Chelsea's system for three months. Yeah. Yeah. A system that is very dependent on. The strong, wingbacks. strong wingbacks, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Azpilicueta is fine at wingback, but he can't do the job like he used to. He's way better at a right center back position. That's true. All right, let's talk about the other upsets, kind of, kind of big result in this Champions League quarterfinals, which is Bayern Munich and Villarreal tying one to one. It was one to zero in aggregate in favor of Villarreal going into this match. Ended up uh, being one to one and seeing Bayern Munich. Winners in the 2020 Champions League get knocked out by last year's uh, Europa League winners. Huge, huge result. Lewandowski scored in the 52nd minutes. 
assisted by Thomas Mueller, and you immediately think that, oh, you know, this is where Bayern Munich, like, find their foothold. There's no way goal, so they, they just got to, like, win this outright. They are at home at, in Allianz Arena. It's over for Real Real. But something happened. When I, when I look at this Real Real team, what I see is a bunch of dogs, D-A-W-G-S, because they had the mental fortitude to keep on going, to not fold under the pressure. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw from Los Celso. Pau Torres was very good at this uh, game. Uh, their captain, Albiol, also very good. A very good defense. Uh, Moreno, as always, is going to be very good. And they just had that mental strength to not fold and not crumble under the pressure. And that led to an amazing counter-tackle from Samuel uh, Chukwuezi. 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 There we go. In a, a sub in the 84th minute scores in the 88th minute. And it, it was a wonderful goal. Wonderful, wonderful goal. And it sends Villarreal to the semifinal. Jack, Unai Emery, how good of a manager is he when you look at his record the past couple seasons? I think he's the best at knockout matches in European competition. I don't think there is an argument against it. He has the most Europa League titles of any manager. He's taken Villarreal, who... Honestly, are not a huge team. I believe Villarreal, the town itself, has a population of fifty thousand. Yeah, I, I believe the entire town can fit inside their stadium. Yeah, the, like that. Yeah, that, that's that. That's this is not like a typical giant of a club, but he has taken them from you know mid-table Spanish team to winners of the Europa League, and now Champions League semifinalists. Uh. He he's a king of knockout rounds. He I I honestly I think that that one of the worst managerial decisions in recent years. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about one of them coming up. I think, but yeah, uh, sacking Unai Emery at Arsenal in favor of Mikel Arteta. Unai Emery may not have been may not have been like getting every single result correctly, but the results he was getting correctly, he was absolutely cleaning up. Like he he was he he was doing good. He was helping Arsenal move back to where they where they wanted to be. And honestly, like he got them to a Europa League final the year before that, before he got fired. Right. And that and then they just let him go when honestly he they they didn't have many better managers on hand that they could have gotten. And yeah, they, they let go someone who now has a way better uh, resume than you know Arteta could dream of honestly right right like and, and I I don't even think him managing bat poorly with Arsenal I I really don't think that should even affect his legacy because it, it yes a manager can be a bad fit for a team could be a, a bad showing for a particular team but that doesn't mean that that manager is poor right it not to talk about my own teams, but David Moyes obviously had a pretty poor showing with Manchester United. It all just depends on the system in which he surrounds himself with or themselves with. And I, I think this Villarreal team is not only perfect for Unai Emery, like I think the, the Spanish game has obviously been very, very kind to him. I think it's been very good. But I think it really allows him to have some of these like fairy tale runs. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Villarreal continuously punch above their weight from here on out because the way that they made 
Bayern Munich look. You know, Nagelsmann has had, you know, so, some issues. Uh, obviously did not have the best tactical game plan in this game. I, I thought I thought not starting Gnabry was a, a bad choice and starting uh, uh, Musiala instead. I, I thought that was a bad choice. I, I thought some of the movements that he made with like the back three, I, I didn't think that was good either. Back three, Bayern Munich, I just feel like isn't good. But regardless, I think the big story about this game is the fact that Villarreal was so good. And you see Unai Emery take uh, players who aren't known for being world-class players to this level, even when you're in Allianz Arena, I think that's huge. And I, I just think nothing else has to be said. He's on his grind set. Three Europa League titles with Sevilla, one with uh, Villarreal, now semifinals in the Champions League. He's really really good and from that jack i do want to talk about the semifinals. uh liverpool defeated benfica even though the second leg was pretty crazy a three three yeah. draw but it, it ended up being the way that we thought it would manchester city beat atletico madrid one to zero in aggregate atletico madrid very very defensive so so defensive i, I think was it kevin de bruyne had a comment after the first leg saying that he's never seen someone play with like zero forwards and just have like all players in the back line in the That's midfield. the Atleti way. That's the that, Atleti way. That is the Atleti way. Uh, but we do have City versus Kareem Benzema in uh, the semifinals and Liverpool and Villarreal on the other side. Jack, how do you see this playing out? Well, I want the people's final personally, which is Villarreal versus Real Madrid. That that I feel like that's the better one. Honestly, well, Spanish final. Okay, I, I I would hate another all English final. We've had too many of them in recent years. That would be the third one in four years. That's boring. And plus, I I I hate Liverpool and City. I hate them both, and I would love to see them both lose. And uh, so I don't I don't I I I think that Villarreal could frustrate Liverpool actually quite a bit. I maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but. I I know that not many people are giving them much of a chance, but I think that they can frustrate them a lot more than one would normally think. I I I, I think that's one hundred percent uh the case because Villarreal they're able to score a goal and get a result out of this game with just four shots with just point yeah. seven four xg. They're efficient. That's, all, that's yeah. That's all they need. And it, we know that Liverpool is going to try to control the game, especially when it's the home leg. So. I, I don't see any reason why Villarreal can't at least pull up a fight. Yeah, that's why I am going for Villarreal. Okay. That, like, I'm going for it. And I'm going for Real Madrid in the other one. Okay. I, I think that Real Madrid are chugging along on way too good of form right now. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I know that Pep Guardiola wants to win the Champions League with Manchester City. But at the same time... I have never seen someone orchestrate his own downfall so many times in the same competition. Uh, I can I I I I think he's the master of his own demise, honestly. Okay. Uh, more more times than not, and Real Madrid and Kareem, and mostly Karim Benzema have been very good this season. Uh, and plus, I I I can't remember if Ruben Diaz is still out with an injury because if he is. Uh, and it does look like that is the case potentially that he or that he or maybe he just didn't start against Liverpool. But 
I I could see I could see them getting torn apart by Vinicius Jr. and uh, and Kareem Benzema, and that that I, I don't know. I I feel like choosing Villarreal is a bold choice, but why not? Why not pick an upset? All right, all right. I like it. I originally said when we previewed the quarterfinals, I thought it was going to be City versus Liverpool in the final. I think that still may be the case, but I'm I'm gonna. Not overcomplicated. I'm going to go with, I think, the two best teams on form right now, which are Real Madrid and Liverpool. I love Villarreal. I think it's going to be a very closely contested match, but I'll have to go with like the two best teams I think are in the competition right now, which are Liverpool and Real Madrid. Okay. Leave it at that. All right. Uh, quick note, Barcelona got knocked out of uh, the Europa League because they're too afraid to face mighty, mighty West Ham in the semifinal. Ha, ha, That's ha. the reason, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Barcelona are bad, that is funny. Ha, ha, ha. All right, let's talk about the FA Cup. Jack, this is going to be a happier uh, oh, segment for you, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, men and women's sides are actually uh, set. Again, another happy sign for Jack. Because Chelsea... Both men and the women's team are in the FA Cup final. And Jack, a little bit of, because we're not doing stat padding, do you remember the last time the men's and women's side of a single team has won both the FA Cups uh, in a single year? Well, it wasn't last year because Chelsea won the FA Women's Cup last this season. This is true. And then we didn't on the men's side. Uh, and it wasn't in 20, uh, 2020 either because the men's side lost and I believe the women's side won. Uh, I do not know the last time, but I'm going to guess. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm thinking of recent winners. I'm going to go with 2017. Ooh, close. It was actually 2018, 2019. Uh, Manchester okay. City won it for both. And actually, it also happened the year before 2017, 2018, Jack. There we go. There, uh, close enough. <laughs> and, and 2017, 2018 was Chelsea winning for both the men's and the women's side. Ugh, fun fact for you. I, I, I was thinking about it earlier today, and I thought it was going to be like Arsenal or something because they have a good women's side. They were FA Cup FC for a long time. Turns out it happens a little bit more often uh, recently than I thought it would. So bit of interesting. But Jack, FA Cup semifinals. Uh, I watched both of them. Uh, we, we watched the, the Chelsea match today. How did that go for Chelsea? A little bit of tepid first half, but second half went their way, uh, would you say? Oh, yeah, it, it went great in the second half. Uh, they really started to find their form in that. Uh, and, yeah, uh, like I said, I was worried when Kovacic had to come off because he's always good at dribbling out of trouble, which is, I think, one of the biggest things that we need because teams have found that the best way to beat Chelsea especially when Jorginho is on the pitch is to press him because he right. makes mistakes under pressure. Uh, so Kovacic is a great midfield partner for him. Uh, I, th I thought we played really well. Uh, Mason Mount scored and Ruben Loftus-Cheek who came on for Kovacic scored as well. Uh, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Crystal Palace. They, they looked all right at sometimes, but for the most part, they they kind of, they they had some chances, but they ended up subbing on the right players too late on. Like uh, subbing on uh, Benteke in the seventy second minute. By the time by that time, they didn't have any crosses that were really coming in. 
Right. Uh, if he was in from the first half, I, I could have seen them scoring early on because they were putting in quite a few crosses into the box and uh, and getting and getting some set piece opportunities. But they I think they made a mistake in, in terms of going for Jean-Philippe Mateta because he he is a good forward with his feet like he's good at scoring with that. But with his head, not so much. Benteke would have been a much better choice for that role. Uh, so I, I think that th- that that was not the best choice. Wilfred Zaha did not have a good game either. Uh, and uh, I think the standout player for uh, Crystal Palace was actually former Chelsea player Mark Wehi, who was sure, yeah. pretty good in uh, in defense. You know, he made two tackles, only had two inaccurate passes. Uh, one of those was a lawn ball. And had a lot of clearances, a lot of recoveries, three interceptions, uh, drew four fouls and committed zero fouls as well. Won every single ground duel. He, he was really good. Uh, Crystal Palace, though, just wasted their chances. The big one that comes to mind, Joachim Anderson had a free header at the far right, post. I did see that. And completely missed it from like a, one or two yards out. Pretty, pretty bad, pretty bad header went straight over the bar. Uh, you, you could argue that, uh, that, you know, it, it was, it was coming in, uh, too, at too bad of an angle for him to catch it. But even then I feel like it was a pretty, pretty easy opportunity relative to other opportunities. I agree. I agree. So Chelsea are moving on past Crystal Palace. I thought it was, I thought it was a good game from Chelsea. Not the, not the best first half, but as you said before, got the job done. Uh, Crystal Palace weren't able to get into it. So overall, a fine evening for Chelsea. The night before, though, not a fine night for Manchester City, who fell to Liverpool, and Liverpool are going through to face Chelsea. Uh, In another cup final. Yeah. Uh, 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 Speaking on that match for a little bit, Liverpool, hot start, hot start. Uh, Konate scores uh, a header, assisted by Andrew Robertson. Felt like Stefan could have done better there. Uh, but the big moment is the second goal. Jack is wincing. Mm. Every single U.S. soccer fan is wincing because Manchester City, you know, they play their cup uh, goalkeeper for these cup games, which is Zach Stefan, American. Usually very good. But that second goal. Uh, Not good. Pass back to Stefan. He is a little bit too nonchalant about it. Does an Ederson impression. Yes, exactly, and he's not Ederson, and Mane's able to take the ball, poke it in. A terrible error by Zach Steffen, who, if you'll remember, U.S. soccer fans, the main reason why we like Zach Steffen as a goalkeeper over, say, Matt Turner or Ethan Horvath is because he's good with his feet. Eh. Jack, was he good with his feet in that? No, not at all. Uh, And it gives a bad bad conundrum for U.S. fans as well. It does. Because... Zach Steffen still going to be the backup next season, especially with with the errors like that. Uh, Matt Turner going to be a backup at Arsenal, right? Uh, we have Ethan Horvath, who's a backup at Nottingham Forest. Uh, literally, our only goalkeeper who is not a backup is Slonenia, yeah. who is nineteen and is not ready to play in a World Cup. Exactly. So uh, at least. Stefan or Turner has to put or or Horvath one of them has to push for a loan so they actually get playing time 
And so maybe the U.S. will have a goalkeeper who has played more than two or three cup matches by the time we get to the World Cup. Yeah. And, and, and there's something to say about, you know, being being a backup's fine. But as you said, like getting that that regular playing time is so, so important. And that's why I, I am seeing some talks of Zach Steffen potentially getting loaned out, potentially making a move this summer, which should be great. But my question is, what when has Zach Steffen ever like really looked confident and comfortable on the ball? Because I, I remember even at the beginning of this World Cup cycle being like, oh, like every time he has the ball, I just get nervous. Like for some reason, I always get just nervous. You can go back to episodes. You could hear me say that. And I, I just don't get that was Matt Turner, right? The main point of goalkeeping is to keep the ball out the net. You know, Matt Turner, yes, like if he he can't ping the long balls like across the field and with pinpoint accuracy, but he keeps the ball out of the net. I'm pretty confident in that. So I I, I just really think that Zach Steffen from his he's out of form first club, out of form first country, hasn't played amazing since even his Columbus crew days. Like like he's a he's one of the best backups in the Premier League. But that doesn't necessarily translate to being a great goalkeeper for the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it really cost them this batch because Sadio Mane gets that third goal. And even though Manchester City with Jack Grealish and Bernardo Silva right at the end of the game, they're able to get something back. The fact that he just was not very good, not, not making the saves that he should have made. He is like pretty much solely responsible for this loss. and. He was solely responsible for last year's FA Cup loss to, was it Leicester City, I want to say? Uh, no, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, They, they right. lost Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was out of position on that, uh, the, the, the yep. sole goal for that, right? Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of accountability has to be put in place for Zach Steffen. Not, not necessarily with Manchester City, because I know Guardiola has backed him and said, it's like, hey, it's okay, whatever. But more on this case of U.S. soccer, I think we have to give Ethan Horvath and Matt Turner a more extended look after his bad showing in the last window uh, and obviously in this game. So Liverpool and Chelsea, Jack, as a Chelsea fan, I'll let you predict that final. Do you think Chelsea's going to win it? I, I am going for Chelsea to win it. And the reason why is there is a very high probability that the league title goes down to one of the final days of the season. Uh, Liverpool and City are both neck and neck for it. And I, I have a feeling that, you know, you can't compete at... Liverpool's squad is good. I still don't think they have the right amount of depth in every position to compete in all three of the Champions League, FA Cup, and Premier League at the exact same time. And as a result, I think that in the, in the FA Cup, they're going to fall off a little bit because they can already claim like if they win the Champions League and Premier League a treble right they can because they've won the League Cup already and I will also say that in the match versus Chelsea and Liverpool Chelsea should have won in regular in regulation time because Lukaku was onside for that goal I'm 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 say I've said it once and I'm saying it again that was the biggest robbery in a cup final I've seen, maybe since the robbery from Chelsea v. Leicester when Chilwell scored in the final minute and was not, wasn't offside. But, you know, 
whatever. It, it just seems like Chelsea gets slighted by uh, by offside decisions in every cup final we're in. So, uh, but I, I, I'm going to go for Chelsea in it. I think that they will do it because uh, Liverpool have other things that they need to focus on. I, I probably would also go with Chelsea. I think that they're the best equipped. I, I think Liverpool, yeah, they got other stuff going on too, but I, I also just feel like Chelsea, if they can find form at the end of the season, will be the better team. Uh, I also think just statistically, Jack, there's not been a single a team that has mm-hmm. lost the FA Cup three times in a row. Mm-hmm. Third time's and, a charm, you know? Yeah, That's what they say. And if it happens again, that would be so crazy. That would be so, so crazy. It hasn't happened before, but it wouldn't be the first time that a team has gone to the final three times in a row and lost every single time that, that, that they've been to the final for those three times. Except the last time that's happened was actually uh, Newcastle United in 1904 to 1905 to uh, the, the, their third season was 1907 to 1908. So there's one season where they didn't make the final at all, but those three finals that they made, they lost. And as far as I know, there hasn't been a single case like that in quick succession since the history of the FA Cup. So if Chelsea lose to Arsenal, then to Leicester City, and then to Liverpool, that would absolutely be historical. So for mm. your sake, Jack, as a Chelsea fan, and for Chelsea fans worldwide, I hope that's not the case. I don't I do, because that'd be very, very funny. So I, that's why I'm backing Chelsea to finally get the, the monkey off their back, so to speak. Oh, I hope so. Yes. I, I also think that Chelsea are going to win the women's FA Cup as well. OK, yes. Uh, I, I think they're going to do it. They, they beat Arsenal, who are the strongest team in the league this season. Manchester City have not been that fantastic this season uh, in, in the league. So, yes, uh, yes, uh, in, in the League Cup final. Manchester City did win. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think Chelsea are going to get some revenge this time around. I think. And it's also worth noting that that is the first time in the past three years that City beat Chelsea in any competition. Just right. saying. Just right. saying. I, I, so, I think I think they'll I think I'm hoping that we win the double in both of those competitions. That would be great. And also, it looks like Chelsea Women are going to win the league as well. So, you know, the club as a whole, we're going to get silverware this season. A lot of it. Good job. Good job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just coping for the loss because of Kareem Benzema. <laughs> hey, <laughs> That's about it. To be fair, on the men's side, at least, an FA Cup final or an FA Cup win and a Club World Cup win, I still think that's a successful season. Plus the community. Don't forget the UEFA Super Cup. Yeah, the UEFA Super Cup, right? <laughs> Don't forget the the cream of the crop trophy. Yeah. What 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 a weird treble to win if you guys win the FA Cup. That'd be that'd be crazy. <laughs> what a treble. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I I'm just sad that City beat West Ham United cuz wouldn't that be crazy to see the FA Cup be. final? I I I think we definitely have to make it out to uh, some some kind of soccer bar to watch that, even though I think we both know how that would end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it'd yeah. be fun. It'd be, fun. <laughs> it'd be more fun for me, I think, than you. It, uh, it, it would, but I, I'd just be happy to be there. But hey, good job for the woman for showing out for that. We'll get him next year. We'll get him next year. All right. Speaking of not being there next year, uh, Sean Dyche oh. is not, is not going to be managing Burnley. 
next season or this season actually to finish it off because he uh, got sacked after being the longest serving manager for a long time. Been with Burnley since before the 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 the, the turn of the turn of the decade. The 2012 October was when he got appointed longest serving, and now he's out. Burnley are not looking great right now, obviously, in the relegation zone in 18th place. But Jack, you and I both know that this is a bad idea. But just how bad is this for Burnley? Um, so you know how I said that firing Unai Emery in favor of Arteta is one of the worst Premier League managerial decisions, right? Yes. Uh, this is the worst one. This, okay. this is this. I honestly think that this is just straight up the worst managerial decision uh, made by a Premier League team in at least the past decade. So basically for the entire time that Sean Dyche has been at Burnley, uh, he, he was good for, uh, for Burnley. He might not have actually, you know what? I, I was about to say he might not have gotten the results this season, but that would be the incorrect conclusion to take away from it. The, con- the correct conclusion from this is that Sean Dyche for literally a decade has managed Burnley on a shoestring budget with making the most out of the players that he has gotten, right? And all of a sudden, that they, they finally, it finally isn't enough, so they spend a little bit of money. They spend, they spend $20 million on Vout Vaghorst, which they all got back from Chris Wood, right? And they buy Maxwell Cornet for $15 million. That's, that's like the most they've spent in like any single transfer window, it feels like. And then they're like, they're shocked that suddenly it's not enough. And so they fire Sean Dyche when the, the real problem is a literal decade of underinvestment in the club to actually achieve anything beyond like mid table finishes. That, that is my take on it. And also if you're worried about getting relegated, why would you not pick the manager that got you out of the championship and kept you in the Premier League before? Right. He has championship experience, and he just has experience about the English game in general. And he has a group of players who play for him every week. Like, more than just, like, just play for him, but, like, play for him. Like, they, they obviously respected him quite a bit. I think it's a, it's a stupid decision it is yeah. a terrible decision he, they should have they should have kept him in here uh i i don't even like how burnley play i don't i don't care i don't care for the 4-4-2 i don't care for the low block and counterattack. but sean dyche has done something that literally no other manager could have done pep guardiola without money for in this team not a chance i i don't you're you're not you're not getting james tarkowski and Ben Mee to play at, at, in the same capacity as Amrick Laporte and Ruben Diaz play. You're not right. get you're not getting uh you know Josh Brownhill to play like Kevin De Bruyne. You're you're not doing that. Uh Sean Dyche made the best of what he had and honestly has not done bad with it. Yeah. Has not done bad with it at all. Jack just went off and he's you're 100% right, right? Like regardless of the results that he's had, he's got them promoted out of the championship twice, Mm -hmm. two times. And, and, you know, Dyche plays the Brexit ball, right? 
Yep. Brexit ball, which works well in the championship. It, like the equation, the equation makes sense. So I, I, I don't know why they were so quick to, to get them out. When you're right, like if you're if your objective is to not get relegated, why do you a fire him at all when he has the ability to keep them up? But b do it so close to end the season. It is April. The season is ending in like less than a month. What what can a new manager possibly do that will get you, per, you know, escaping relegation? And if you are planning to maybe just bite the bullet, get relegated, and come back as strong as possible, again, why would you fire Daesh, right? If he has demonstrated that he can do that, or at the very least, why would you fire him right before the season? Let him ride it out. Or at the very least, maybe have him ride him out even more, considering that they gave him a four-year contract extension, and now because it's so early in their contract, they're in talks over a 15 million pound contract settlement because of how early this termination is. Like, this is so big brain by the Burnley board. Every, every Burnley uh, fan is mad about it. You have to ask yourself the question, right? Like, what is the plan? I asked this when uh, Leeds United uh, sacked Marcel Bielsa. Even if Jesse Marsh does well there, Marcel Bielsa raises their ceiling. A little bit of the same here. I'm not saying Sean Dyche is an amazing head coach in the same level as Marcel Bielsa. But when you look at it, I think that the opportunity cost, he compared to the alternative for this club, is going to be better than the alternative. He knows the system. He's integrated with his players. He believes in this team. He has shown the ability to lift Burnley up. And I... I, I, I think it's a stupid decision, and I personally wouldn't be surprised if they still get relegated. I mean, we talk about the oh, new, the yeah, new manager are. bump. They still tied to West Ham. They, and don't, they didn't even set up a new manager. Do you, do you know who their, their manager is? Their U23 manager, as well as player manager Ben Mee. Great. That, that, is, that was their plan. That's their big, their big brain play to get out of the relegation zone. That's what it was. Their, their plan was to fire a coach that has done great and then and then not have a backup to to replace him actually just the same kind of coach that has learned with Daesh or learned under him and adopted some of his tactics for the U23 side so you're basically playing the same game with less experienced personnel they they've basically sealed the relegation with this it it would have been one thing if they had a different manager lined up but they don't uh, it's sorry to interrupt you, but it, it's just it. You brought up the new coach thing, and it's just there. There's no new manager bounce for this because they don't have a new manager. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 just no. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it's you're right. It's true. Like the, the, there's nothing that makes sense about this move. Literally not. They have eight games left or seven games now. It's still not looking good. They couldn't get the result against West Ham, which was a winnable game for them, considering that we just played uh, the biggest match in the past five years for us. And also, you know, th- uh, their key players missed the penalty. Was it was it Cornet or someone uh, missed uh, the I penalty? I believe it was Cornet, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, that should have been a winnable game. They weren't able to win that. And now what? 
right? Like, and now there's talks of him going to Stoke, going to, going to a team like that, and and good for him, right? Because that that's the type of team that would take that. I feel like him and Stoke go well together. West Brom too, I think, are also talking to him. Also, a very like, you know, West Brom type of manager. And I, I'm really afraid that Burnley is just going to be a mid-table championship team from now on if they do get relegated. Because what is the plan here? I don't. I don't think there is one. I don't think. I don't think for their money they can get a manager that gets the most out of their players for the budget that they have. The same way that Sean Dyche has. Like this Absolutely is crazy. This is crazy. Not. So sorry, Burnley fans. All five of you that live in America. Probably not a lot of American Burnley fans. I'll be, I'll be honest, but. So sad, so sad. All right, uh, Jack, unless you have something else to say about Sean Dyche uh, leaving Mr. Brexit ball himself. No, no. Uh, it, it's, it, it is kind of sad because I, I don't like how he plays, but you got to admit, he's a king in interviews. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's a king in interviews. <laughs> uh, what, one, of, one of my favorite ones was when a reporter just asked him a question. He's like, have you, has anyone ever told you that you look like this guy? Yeah. And like, and he's like, I just love playing, playing a, the, he called it the looky like game or something like that. He's just a random guy and he, he's funny. I, Dude, uh, I miss it. I'm going to yeah, miss it. I'm going to miss it too. Cause just, tw- just 12 days ago, he had to interview where, or, or he, he, a report came out where he said to solve the scoring issues for Burnley, kick it in the net. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Wonderful. Beautiful. Or, or when he went out because uh, I think the game got snowed out and he was just like in a white shirt. Everyone else is like bundled up because it's like it's like snowing, snowing down. And he's just like, oh, cool. Grabs a little bit of snow. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, so, so great. So great. Uh, but yes, he's out and we are sad. Not because he's a, a great, great dude or he's like somehow like an, a, a Maggio mastermind. No, just because Burnley is probably gonna suck from now on unfortunately yeah i mean he he was the only thing keeping them from that i feel like so oh well all right let's go into the predictions section not really a section uh just there's just like four big matches because apparently it's rivalry week in europe for some reason uh so let's talk about some of these matches starting jack with the coveted final third derby uh, where the, the final third trophy will be traded between the two of us. I, 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 let's make that a thing. Why not? Why not? Yeah. We'll, we'll make a, a, we'll make some kind of trophy that, that gets passed around just like a college football. Uh, but <laughs> Chelsea and West Ham are playing at Chelsea's home stadium. Tough for West Ham. Jack, who's winning this? Uh, Chelsea are going to win it. Ooh, that's actually uh, incorrect, Jack. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I think, I think, no, I think it is the correct answer here. Because if I'm looking at West Ham, how they played against Burnley, um, hey. <laughs> it wasn't great. And it also doesn't help that your two best center backs are out. You don't have a natural right back that's healthy. Hey. Uh, and Mikhail Antonio hasn't scored a Premier League goal since January 1st of this year. So... There is that. Um, there is that, which gives me a little bit of hope. Uh, and now that I've said that, I know the full-time score is going to be Chelsea 0, West Ham 1. But uh, 
Yes. It, it's I, I'm still I'm still gonna say that Chelsea win it. I'll say three to one. I'll say Ooh, three to one. That, that is that's actually incorrect, Jack. I'm sorry oh, to say. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. What what is the correct answer then? I guess. Well, I, I'll give you uh, I'll give you the answer and I'll show my work. Right. Okay, the, an- okay. the answer is going to be two to zero, and my work to prove that is two words: Jared Bowen. No. The, the, the best uh, the best English winger in the game right now uh on the real though it's gonna be a tough match I, I I honestly can't remember the last time we beat Chelsea at at Stamford Bridge it, I, I can tell you it was it was in the 2020 season or in the 2019 2020 season in December oh that's it was so a sick. one to zero win yes yep. I remember that I posted on my story way back when that's yep. good I that's remember good. I remember that yep <laughs> great oh, good good times bring back to, bring me back to that uh when, when we did the double over over chelsea you you have a chance to yeah hey th- three three to two in december could happen again really really hoping for it so well the so- question is if masuaka masuaku uh tries a cross that isn't really a cross that's the that was the deciding factor he mishit a cross that that was the deciding factor Yes, just saying. Just Maybe saying. it can happen again, uh, but I'll, I'll go. I'll go for two to zero, even though you know logic says it's not going to be the case. Uh, also, because you know, you know, Chelsea being the smaller side doesn't have a, oh, a European yeah, yeah. competition to worry about. So you oh, know, West Ham, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we're going against a very good German side. I Chelsea, you know, they don't have to worry about that. So oh, yeah, it's okay. going to, you know, you know, got, <laughs> got to think about that resting some players. So oh, okay, very possible <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea win this. <laughs> I, I've been uh that was in my head all day so yeah I, I can tell I can tell. <laughs> all right, uh, moving right along to Merseyside Derby, Liverpool versus Everton. It's it's Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if if any, I'm I I just clicked on the on Footmob the Liverpool versus Everton thing, like uh the you know how it has the who do you think you will win? Yeah. Uh, and from this, I can see that thirteen percent of people are wrong, uh, because thirteen percent of people said Everton are winning. Um, in what world? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but in what world is Everton winning when they have uh, Andros Townsend out for the season, Donny Van de Beek out for the season, Gary Mina out for the season, uh, Tom Davies out for the season, uh, and on terrible form? Uh, right. In what world are they beating Liverpool? You know, the side that beat Manchester City and then uh, drew against them. Drew against Benfica, beat Benfica, beat Watford. Haven't lost in uh, since Inter Milan. So in a month, they haven't lost in a month. Everton have lo- have pretty much only lost in the past month, except for that win against Manchester United. Uh, Liverpool will win this, probably like three to zero. Heck yeah! All right, I I I'll go with Liverpool winning this. I'll go two to zero. I'll, I'll be a little bit more conservative there, but I definitely think for the same reasons Liverpool's winning that Copa del Rey final, though. I, I didn't realize it was going to be so early, but uh, that's happening uh, this coming weekend between Real Batiste and Valencia. I will say that I will go for Real Batiste here. Uh, keep it simple. You know, they're the better team. They're in better form. The final's actually going to be not in their home stadium, but it's going to be in Seville, which is where Real Batiste play. So there's just that it might as well be kind of a home game for them, I bet. So for those reasons, I'm going to go with Real Batiste winning for the first time, I believe, since like 2004, 2005. So 
that'll be a, a pretty big game for them if they win. Jack, what do you say? I'm going for Valencia. And oh, the wow. only rationale is I want a U.S. player to win the win the Copa del Rey. That's that's it. That's yeah. my rationale. Instead of uh, instead of the Mexican Messi, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> uh, half jokes, but you know, Real Batiste, they've been playing okay recently. Uh, they haven't been like lights out better than Valencia, I would say. Uh, right. But you know. They they did beat Valencia four to one in October, right? But I still think that Valencia can get this done. Uh, I mean, I, I I think they can. I I would like to see them do it. I I think it's going to be very close though. It's going to be one to zero. I I have a okay. feeling either way. All right. Uh, uh, I guess I didn't get my score. I'll go to two to one in favor of Real Batiste and. I mean, I don't even think Moose is going to play. I think he still might be injured, but he hey, is. But he would what? still win the trophy regardless. Yes, that is true. That is true. He scored some goals for them on this run. So maybe, maybe they, they will win. All right. Uh, Der Klassiker, Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund in uh, the Bundesliga. We don't really talk about the Bundesliga too often because, uh, let's be honest, Bayern Munich kind of ran away with the title. Top four race isn't super ex- interesting. Uh, most of the time but this will be an interesting match jack because not only are these two of the biggest german teams but bayern munich could actually win the title if they beat Borussia dortmund because Hon- they honestly as long as they don't lose because if they draw they're nine points ahead and have a goal difference that is 27 higher than right. dortmund so. so for all intents and purposes as long as dortmund don't you know don't win it's Bayern Munich's title, and how how insulting would it be for Bayern Munich to win against Dortmund and win the title from that? Which is exactly why I'll have them win. I know they didn't perform overly well uh, against Villarreal, but you know they still get it done. Uh, beat Armenia Bielefeld pretty extensively this past uh, weekend. Beat Augsburg. The game before that, yes, those are some of the worst teams in this league, but. If it's one team that can show up when they need it most, it's Bayern Munich. I'm going to go with a 3-2 to two game. I think it'll be a fun game, but I do think Bayern Munich is going to win uh, the, the German Bundesliga title once more. Jack? I think Bayern are going to win this as well. Uh, I, so I opened FootMob and went to the injuries tab, because that's usually the first place I check. Uh, Dortmund's injury list. Daniel Mellon, out for season. Gio Reyna, out until May. Mo Dahoud, out until May. Uh, Schmelzer, out for season. Mateo Mori, out until June. Matt Hummels, out until May. Uh, Guerrero, out until May. Tigas, out until July. Mounier, out until May. <laughs> Hazard, out until May. They are missing pretty much a full starting 11 in here. They still have good players, and they beat Wolfsburg 6-1. to Yes. But the Dortmund rule is that if you have a good performance, it's followed by a bad performance. <laughs> and also, a reminder of what happened when they faced a solid team uh, up towards the top of the table in Leipzig, they got crushed 4-1. to one. Uh, Dortmund are the pinnacle of inconsistency. Bayern, while not fantastic, are still very good. In fact... That loss to Villarreal in the Champions League was the only loss they had 
since February. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that was it. They like, yes, they've had draws that they could have won, but they're still very good. And for that reason, I'm going two to zero for Bayern. Okay. All right. I, did I, did I even give a scoreline? I, I never I give scorelines, so. apparently. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> go three to three to three to, I'll go to three to two on this one too. Okay. Screw it. I, oh wait, yeah, you did say three to two, right? Because yeah. I thought in my head the same result as earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, good. I think this will be an interesting match, but I, I do think Bayern Munich will still win this. I think all four of these matches will be very fun to watch, except probably the Liverpool Everton match. That's probably not going to be very easy on the eyes because one team is very bad. <sighs> but I would love to see Frank Lampard beat Liverpool. Honestly, it would be hilarious. Uh, it would be funny if Everton beat Liverpool, uh, you know, uh, especially since Liverpool fans are starting to pop up and be like, "Ooh, we're going to win the treble. You know, it, it would it, it would be kind of funny. I, I can't lie. I it would be would, a little funny. I would rather have Liverpool win because I don't want to see Frank Lampard win. And I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Wow. OK, Jack, you're, you're still mad. Are you still mad that he chose Chelsea over West Ham all those years? Yes. Ago? When, when I was like three, <laughs> when that happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> hold a mad grudge. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Jack, are we going to be watching the final third derby at wherever it's we're going to watch it? I don't know what, where we would. I, I think so. Hopefully, hopefully at Brits, maybe, you know, uh, hopefully at Brits. Ooh, uh, going in behind enemy lions. I don't know if I can do that. I'll, uh, <laughs> we, we'll, we won't sit with that. the Chelsea fans. It's fine. OK, we'll, OK, we'll, OK. Well, hopefully we'll there's some more West Ham fans. All four of us in Minnesota all for all four of the West Ham fans. You yes. know, legend has it when all four West Ham fans unite, <laughs> they do win. So we'll, yes. we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll band together like uh, yeah, it's like the, the four, <laughs> four horsemen of the apocalypse. Once, once all four of us happen, we're going to win the Europa League. So oh, there you go. Uh, speaking of winning the Europa League, this is kind of off topic. I, I have like kind of told myself that if if West Ham do win the Europa League, I will get a very small but a commemorative tattoo somewhere covering really? my body. Yes. Just like just like two very simple hammers because. I, I was thinking, like, if there's one thing that I probably will never stop liking, it's like the soccer teams I like. I I, I only like three, right? So, Fair enough. Fair so enough. if Minnesota United, if West Ham United, the U.S. national teams, we win a big trophy, I'll get. I'm not a I'm not a tattoo guy. I literally have, don't have a tattoo, but I feel like that's a commemoration of a big enough event, uh, to get something small. So that's my promise. If West Ham win, I will eventually. <laughs> No problem on, on the timeline, but I will eventually get the two hammers. And if the U.S. national team wins uh, the World Cup, I'll, I'll get a bald eagle or I don't know, whatever. A bald eagle. I, I don't know. I, I don't really want to get the logo, but I'll figure it out. Minnesota United win MLS Cup. I'll get the Lewin. Yeah, I'm terrified of needles, so I will never promise to get a tattoo if I, if uh, if Chelsea win the Champions League again, because you know they've they've won it twice. So. Yeah, I, I and I the like, Europa League twice, and you know, I feel like it's, it's also less special. Yeah, it's lower stakes for you. It, it's got to be like if Atalanta win like Syria or something. No, they're 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 allergic to trophies at this point. I'm convinced it's not happening. Okay, We've, we they've gotten two finals in like in the past four years and bottled them both. It's sad. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Jack, that is it for today's episode. Very glad to be back recording. Hopefully, you know, next week I'll, I'll be feeling 100% again. But uh, 
Yes, listeners, thank you for listening. Jack, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, you can find tweets about how Fox Soccer doesn't know soccer. Uh, if you're interested in Which that, they posted the worst possible French national team lineup for 2022, posing as an actual lineup for the 2022 World Cup. And uh, I, I, I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night after, after seeing wow, it. Okay. It just haunted me uh, after seeing it. That's how bad it was. So if you want to see uh, reactions to stuff like that, you're going to want to follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show and our website as well, FinalThirdShow.com. Yes, FinalThirdShow.com if you want a, a one-stop shop for everything about the podcast. We have a lot of cool plans for uh, the future of this podcast, but obviously continuing what we're doing uh, first and foremost, especially after the short hiatus that we've taken. And uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. Leave a review if you enjoy the show. We'll see you guys potentially on Thursday, depending on how I'm feeling uh, sickness-wise and how busy we are. But for sure, same time, same place for next week's uh, News and Predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now. Oh, tell your dad. <laughs> <laughs>